welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Hello there, it's Anne-Marie Miles. Welcome to this week's edition of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Sorry about the missing week last week. Thank you to those who messaged me and said, where's the podcast? (laughs) It's really nice that people noticed um, that I wasn't here last week. I was just so busy and overwhelmed. You know, I've started this new radio show, so I'm on UCB Ireland from Monday to Friday at 11 to 1 every morning and I was thinking oh yeah I'll just you know slot that into my day and silly me silly 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 me thought that it wouldn't affect the rest of my day that I would just you know I mean we've only got a finite amount of time haven't we so me thinking that I could squeeze extra hours in and it wouldn't affect anything so I didn't plan I wasn't prepared for how much thinking time and how much energy it would take and so yeah I was I really dropped the ball last week but I learned a lot last week in that I need to be prepared I need to be getting myself organized maybe a bit earlier in the day starting work a little bit earlier and getting myself together because I've still got sunflower tech of all my church stuff and you know this house does need to be cleaned ever so often but we will um we leave that one to one side but yes I uh, last week I we just couldn't I just couldn't do it and the other thing about last week was I was in an awful lot of pain I mentioned to you a while ago didn't I that I fell and I landed kind of sideways so I landed on my left side so I really hurt my I both of my arms were really sore but my left arm was so so sore the top of my arm and my shoulder and I, th- you know, I was thinking, oh it wasn't bad enough to go to A&E it obviously wasn't broken but it was quite painful and then it kind of eased off a bit and then when I was away in Italy I was swimming every day and I think that was really good for it but when I came back from Italy that week after Italy it was it just got more and more painful and I it was just debilitating but as well as being debilitating it was depressing I was like oh no I'm falling apart I'm getting so old and my bones are killing me and everything hurts me anyway so I managed to get an appointment with in the surgery and they with the specialist nurse who deals with kind of um, aches and pains and breaks and strains type thing. So she lifted the arm one way and then the other and put it around me back and up over my head and pushed it and pulled it. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. you know, that singing you do when you hurt yourself, ha, 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 that type of thing. So that's the song I sang. And she said, OK, well, it's definitely not broken. So there's no point in getting an X-ray. But she said, what I think has happened is that when you hurt it, you kind of cutched it in you 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 tightened up and you might you know you nursed it and you were kind of holding it and what you should have been doing actually was moving it and exercising it and yeah you know yes it's painful but the more you move it the better it is 
And she said, now you're in a lot more pain than you were at the beginning. She said, because it's starting to, you know, seize up. And she said, if if you're not careful, you're going to have a frozen shoulder. And she said, that takes months um, to to sort out. So she said, you really need to move it, move the shoulder. So she gave me some kind of strong painkillers that would ease the pain enough for me to start moving it. And already, uh, that was, I think it was, a, a, I think it was last Wednesday, I went to the doctor, yeah, already. I just feel so much better. It's still painful. So I'm still taking the painkillers, but I'm moving it. It's freer now than it was. And I'm not afraid to move. I think part of it was I was thinking, oh, I shouldn't be moving it. It should be in a sling. It should be wrapped up. But actually she was saying, no, you know, do do move it. So I was pondering that after I'd been to the doctor and I came home with my painkillers and I was feeling a bit sorry for myself. I was pondering the the whole idea of the fact that I thought that I was minding it. You know, I thought that I was minding the shoulder and minding the arm and holding it and protecting it and nursing it when actually I wasn't helping it at all. If it had been broken, yes, it would have needed a cast or a sling or something, but it wasn't broken. Um, it, it what it needed was movement and pain relief and it needed to be kind of released and freed and moved about a bit. So I did. I was pondering that and I was I suppose I was a bit frustrated that I, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing by minding it and by clutching it and by, you know, holding on to it and protecting it. But actually I wasn't. I was making it worse and I was in danger of turning it into a frozen shoulder, which would have been more pain and more and, you know, less movement and uh, a longer time of recovery. So I was thinking about this thinking, oh, gosh, it's so annoying that I got that wrong, uh, that I I did the wrong thing. I thought I was doing the right thing and I wasn't. It made me think how we can do that emotionally. We can kind of pull up the drawbridge, as it were, and close in on ourselves and kind of nurse the emotional pain and nurse the emotional wound and think that and think genuinely think we're doing the right thing you know let's not talk about the thing that upsets us let's not get help with with the pain Uh, just nurse it just hold it just hold it tight to yourself and keep it safe and it was really really interesting to me that the nurse said that you know holding it tight to yourself was not helping Holding your arm tight to yourself was not good for your arm. Your arm needed to be free. Your shoulder needed to be free. You should have been moving your shoulder gently, slowly, but moving it. And and that movement, even though painful, would strengthen it. And what I needed was just for a short amount of time, not forever, but for a short amount of time, some pain relief. Just enough, just long enough so I could move the shoulder and that it would get better. And I thought that is really an excellent picture of how opening up with the emotional trouble that we have and opening up and and letting the air in and letting the light in to some of the troubles we have is actually better than holding them in. Now, we have to be wise about these things. I don't want anybody to go now and put all of the emotional struggles they have on Facebook or print a poster and stick it up on the wall in the local library or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the idea of finding some professional help and letting somebody in, whether it's even just one session with a counsellor or whether it's reading up on maybe some of the issues you have. 
some self-help books. You know, you have to be careful, you have to be wise. But the GP is always a good start with stuff like that because they can point you in the right direction. But I remember somebody saying to me years ago, now I want to get the phrase right. Oh yeah, they said, talking about these things is really difficult. But not talking about them isn't helping anyone. And it's just really important that we are careful not to nurse some of the wounds that we have to the point where they become frozen. And that's exactly what was happening with my arm and my shoulder, that I was nursing it so much that it was at risk of becoming a a worse injury than I already had. It really taught me a lesson about making sure that I'm not holding things in because really we need to we need to, like I say, let the air in and let the light in and find some help and find some encouragement in difficult times. Now, like I say, it's really important that we are wise about how we share these things and who we share them to. So now before I go any further with this, I I am not a counsellor. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I am not a counsellor. I'm not a psychotherapist and I don't claim to be. Uh, The only thing I can do is, is share with you the things that I have done. Uh, when I have struggled with stuff like this. And that's all I'm going to do. My advice would be if you're really in distress and you really need some support, then go to your GP or go to the Samaritans. But if you are coping pretty well, but you know that that you're nursing an emotional wound, an emotional issue, and you, you feel that it's holding you back or that it's trapping you or stopping you or slowing you down, then there's a few things that I would recommend things that I have done and things that I have learned over the last few years. Now, I've said before, you really need to be careful about who you who you share these things with and how you share them. There are a lot of people who pour their heart out on Facebook. Now, I love sharing stuff on Facebook. Don't get me wrong. I'd share, you know, the other day I put the fact that I've got my winter hats out and the day before or the week before that I was sharing my dinner. I know I share loads of stuff, but we need to be careful about sharing deeply emotional issues on Facebook. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be careful, be wise. Because not everybody responds well and people don't know how to respond. And you might actually worry people unnecessarily if if you're pouring your heart out. So just be a bit wise about what and when and how you share. I think it's really important that we find somebody we can trust, whether it's a friend, whether it's a workmate, a partner, a clergyman um, or a counsellor or somebody that we can talk to. Like I say, your GP is always a good start. They can signpost you in the right direction. But I think it's it's really good to identify even just one person that you can say, listen, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? Can you support me? Can you advise me? Can you pray for me? And that's something that I did. I, I spoke to Richard, I spoke to my husband. Now, he's not a counsellor either. He's a pastor, but he's not a counsellor. He's not a professional. And in the end, I decided to go to the GP after that when I started to really feel that it was time to deal with my weight and my eating. But there might be people that you can go to and um, find somebody. That would be my first thing. Find somebody to confide in. A trouble shared is a trouble halved. It's an old adage and it might not be strictly true. You might not have the trouble, but it certainly takes a little bit of the weight off your shoulders to share it with somebody. The other thing that I did 
was I decided that I was going to be honest with myself. I was going to have what I called an honest appraisal of the situation, you know, an honest um, uh, kind of audit of what was going on. I, I needed to know for me, it was weight and food. So I needed to know what weight I was and start tracking what I was eating, start tracking how I was moving and. Um, sometimes it's it's you we want to push the things we're struggling with to the back of our heads we don't want to face it we don't want to face it we and we're almost like protecting ourselves and it's like holding that arm injury that I have you think you're protecting yourself but but you're not actually you're just you're just burying the pain a bit deeper and uh, you know the possibility of a of my frozen shoulder was because I was holding on to that pain trying to trying to contain the pain rather than trying to deal with it. So we need to have a realistic kind of uh, look at how our lives are and what are the things that are troubling us. We need a realistic, what I call my realistic appraisal uh, of the situation. The other thing for me was deciding to be nice to myself. I used to be really, I used to be really horrible to myself. I used to say such horrible things to myself. I used to look in the mirror and call myself names that I just can't even say on this podcast. And I used to, I wouldn't say I was a self-harmer in that sense, but I, on occasion I would hit myself, kind of thump my stomach. I hated the sight of my stomach so much. I would thump it. And I, I decided that one of the things I was going to do was start being nice to myself and nice about myself. So I start, you know, I started to think positively about myself and be positive about myself and say nice things and allow people to say nice things to me. It's so, so funny. Um, I have this habit of if somebody says, oh, you sang that song really well. My response is always, oh, it's a great song, isn't it? <laughs> Rather than saying, well, thank you. That was really nice of you to say that I sang it well. I just, you know, or, or oh, that oh, I really, really, really enjoyed you. I really enjoyed reading your book. Yeah, I'm really happy with the story. I'm really happy with the story. Rather than thank you for enjoy for telling me you enjoyed my book. So I decided I was going to be good to myself. So I think working out I used to think that being good to myself was allowing myself to sit on the sofa and stuff my face with all the things I love to eat. That's actually not being good to myself. You know, if it's a treat every so often, yeah, but if it's something you do all the time, that's not a treat and that's not, it wasn't good for me. So prioritizing self-care, you know, um, taking a, a slow day if I needed one, making good food for myself, exercising, treating my body the way it should be treated. And, um, also trying to prioritize getting a good night's sleep as well. I, I've, I've not been a great sleeper over the years, but I'm trying now to have a decent night's sleep to settle down early and not spend too much time on my phone before bed. And um, yeah, so trying to look after myself, be nice to myself and uh, making sure that I define being nice to myself in the right way and not just use it as an excuse to overeat or be lazy. As part of self-care, one of the things I realized was I had to be patient. This is a long haul. This is, the, you know, this is a long road. Nothing's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. It's bit by bit. You know, it took me years to end up 24 stone 
why any anybody would think it would only take me six weeks to not be that anymore. You know, it's a long road and it's years of bad habits and bad eating and and being lazy and being lethargic. Uh, it's hard to unpick that and undo that. It's not something you can unpick and undo in, in minutes. It's it takes it takes a while to do it. So they're really the things that that come to mind. Find somebody you, you can confide in. Be honest about where you are and what's going on. I think pretending it's not happening, it's just not, it's not good. It's You're, you're just putting off having to deal with it because eventually we have to deal with it. It either comes out generally, gradually in a safe place, in a safe space, or eventually it can explode in, a, in the form of stress or an argument or a breakdown or whatever. And I've seen that happen to myself. I've seen it happen to others. And I don't want to go back there. I, you know, I know I, if I could be prone to going back there again, I don't want to go back to that place of being so fragile and so exhausted mentally. Um, so I'm careful now, you know, and that's the next thing is be good to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Say nice things to yourself. Allow people to say nice things to you and be patient. Give yourself a break. It'll take time, but you will get there. You will get there. And going back to what I said at the beginning, the movement strengthens my arm. That's what the doctor said. If you move it, it actually brings strength back to the limb. Get some pain relief because the movement is going to hurt. But it's important to move it so that it doesn't freeze. So whatever it is that you're holding, that you're keeping, it needs to move. But you're going to need some help with that. You're going to need some emotional pain relief, whatever form that might come. And like I said, I'm not a counsellor. I'm not an expert. Go to your GP. Go to somebody who knows what they're talking about. But if you have an emotional wound that you're holding, maybe it needs a little bit of physio, a little bit of pain relief, and it needs to move rather than be nursed to the point where it freezes. That's what I've got for you today. <laughs> well, we've one thing left to do. Frankie! What is that about? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, indeed. What is that about? Well, this week, I just don't understand roundabout etiquette. Or, or should I say, the lack of roundabout etiquette. There are people who, as far as I'm concerned, they don't know how to use a roundabout. They don't indicate to go on it. They don't indicate they're coming off it. They don't indicate the change in lanes. There seems to be a whole section of people. I don't know whether it's a generation of people. I don't know what it is. But there are people who do not know how to use roundabouts. And it drives me nuts. Now, in Wales here, there are a lot of roundabouts where we are. The particular part of South Wales that we're in, there are a lot of roundabouts. And quite a few of them have more than four junctions. It's not just straight or left or right. They'll be left into the industrial estate and then there'll be a turn off to a dual carriageway and then there'll be the turn for McDonald's and then there'll be the turn as if you're going right and then there's another turn like into another shopping centre before you come back to the road you were on. So the one nearest us has that six altogether, six exits off the roundabout nearest to us. So, uh, and it's just it's just a nightmare. I just find in general, some people have very bad roundabout etiquette and it's driving me around the twist 
or around the roundabout even. They either don't indicate at all or they indicate and then decide, what, what exit will I go off? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's my irk today. Thank you so much for joining me for Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Great to have you with me. I'll see you and you'll hear me next week. Bye bye.